0: I don't like being virtually poked in the eye with a pointed stick <laughs> to, to read, to watch escapism. I just like to feel good. And, yeah. I, and I really enjoy uh, intelligent films, Yeah, I mean, intelligently yeah. written, intelligently
1: acted. Hello there, people. You know who it is. It's me, Joanna, from JCB Art Studio. And you know I've got Ozzy with me. He's a little PO'd with me because yesterday I took him for a run in the morning. It wasn't long. And then my sister visited me and I took him for a walk with her at lunch. And then after dinner, we went for another walk. And now he just keeps giving me the silent treatment and doesn't turns his back to me and when he's sleeping. So he's a little PO'd, but hopefully he'll behave. So today, today, we have award-winning, the award-winning. Marlene Dietrich, <laughs> no actually, <laughs> AKA Winona Kent. Okay. <laughs> On the podcast today, you will find out about why I've called her Marlene Dietrich. <laughs> and we're going to talk about her fourth Jason Davey novel, which is actually her 10th book. 10. Whoa. And I hope she celebrated. Big time. Okay. Ten, that's that's really good. That's awesome. So if you haven't heard, Winona was actually my number two guest in 2020. She's now guest 78 in 2022, which I think is pretty darn cool. So if you didn't hear that first podcast, Winona was born in London, England, and she grew up in Regina, Saskatchewan. Where she completed her BA in English at the University of Regina before moving to Vancouver, where she obtained a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Creative Writing from UBC. Winona's writing breakthrough happened when she won first place in Flair magazine's fiction contest with her short story, Tower of Power, which is about an all-night radio. Radio newsman. More awards followed, um, including being a finalist in the Seal Books First Novels Contest with her spy book Skywatcher. Winona, aka Marlene, it's great <laughs> to have you back. How are you doing? Oh, thank you. I'm. Um-
0: actually really excited to be here though you might not be able to tell by my voice um, you've come a long way too um i was going to say this is very topical for my book because in ticket to ride jason develops a horrible cold and he spends a lot of the novel trying to come up with ways to be able to keep performing with it and i came back from england a couple of weeks ago with this killer cold from hell yeah. and that's why i sound like this on top of being attacked by spring allergies so i so sympathize with poor jason <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. Oh, my God, because I, I know we were we were talking and we were it was like a bit touch and go. We were yeah. like, OK, you know, we could, like, let me know how you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So okay. one thing I never knew, I had to look up before we get into your novel. Sean Bean, the actor, mm-hmm. I didn't realize he was that actor like who who played in Game of Thrones And the Lord of the Rings. And I was on your website, you know, just going all over looking at a bunch of things. And uh, can you please tell our listeners about Sean Bean and the Death by Cow list?
0: Sure. Well, my deepest darkest secrets are now being revealed Um, a long, long time ago, I ran a semi official website for Sean Bean, and I had secret help from his publicist and his agent, and they arranged for me to meet Sean a couple of times once in Manchester, where he was filming a TV movie. And once in Toronto, where he was making the movie Don't Say a Word, and the Toronto meet-up resulted in a fantastic interview that was quite groundbreaking. And we sat in his trailer chatting, and afterwards he gave me a lift back to my hotel room. And he also offered me dinner and drinks from the film's catering menu. But idiot that I was, I'd already eaten by that time. Uh, And so we did the interview and I can honestly say that I have turned down dinner and drinks with Sean Bean. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) (laughs) it was quite funny. Anyway, anyway, the website that uh, this is on began back in the mid 1990s when we were all just getting used to the internet. Um, And I archived the site in 2012, but I kept it online because there was so much information about Sean on there, early stuff before uh, Lord of the Rings and Game of the Thrones. He was in a series called The Sharp Series that was on PBS about a Napoleonic war soldier um, based on the books written by Bernard Cornwell. But you can still find my website uh, at The Complete Sean Bean. It's spelled with an E-A, just like Sean's name. So it's C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T, seanbean.com. And Death by Cow came about because it all... It appeared to all of us fans, and it turned out to be true, that Sean's character always seemed to die in the movies and TV shows he appeared in. So I, I created a list that actually documented all of the instances of his dying or not dying, and I called it Death by Cow because in the movie The Field, where he appears, his character dies when he's run over the edge of a cliff by a herd of stampeding cows. No! <laughs> so, yeah go and watch the field with richard harris and sean you'll see it um it's since been quoted and sourced with and without attribution but i want everyone to know that i originated that list and you can still find it on the complete sean bean website (laughs) that is cool that is so cool (laughs) yeah
1: okay now your book you've, you're, you're out there. Okay. Like it's great seeing all the public. It's good seeing it Winona. I mean, well-earned. I mean, it's, it's really good to see. Now you. you were just on the escape with the writer blog. And in that blog, you mentioned that ticket to ride was difficult to write. And this is book 10. And I was wondering why was that?
0: Well, all the time I was working on the story, my mother, who was 95, was encountering health problems. And you actually expect that in a really ancient lady. Um, She lived with my sister, but I was sharing caregiver duties. And twice a week, i drive from New West, where I live, to North Vancouver, where they live, to help out, to take her out for a ride in the car, to give her a bath, and basically spend the day with her. Um, before COVID, we had caregivers come in to look after her. But after COVID, we had to stop the visits because it was too risky health-wise. Yeah. So all those journeys did have an impact on my concentration and my ability to maintain some kind of continuity with the story. Yeah. So as my mom's health declined, the problem got worse. And I resorted to all kinds of outlining software to try and keep the story straight in my mind. I'm definitely a plotter, not a pantser Mm -hmm. Um, until in the end, my mom had to go to the hospital and then a hospice where she died very peacefully with nothing left unsaid. Uh, But after that, I had to help my sister with her grief. And we went through a process of sorting through all of mom's belongings and papers and photos. And then I had to help my sister find somewhere new to live. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't surprising the ticket to ride ended up having to be put on temporary hiatus. And then finally with my mom's affairs settled and my sister in her new Apartment, I finally had time for myself again. And it was like a curtain had opened and I was able to finish the book. And I just hadn't been aware of all the things I was dealing with at the time. But my publisher, Brian Richmond from Blue Bevel Books, very kindly pointed out to me that my attention had been very much distracted over the previous year and a half. So it was all completely understandable.
1: Yes. Yes, and I'm I'm sorry for your loss
0: when uh, thanks. It was yeah. it was a actually it was a very good death when if you could say that about somebody dying, it was very peaceful and very beautiful and very nice. So, How we kind
1: of all hope that's yeah, our yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay, so like you said, the curtains opened. Um, can you give us a summary or a teaser about what ticket to ride is about? And before you do shout out, like you said, to Brian Richmond. I dig that cover. I really (laughs) dig the cover of that book. He does good covers, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us, tell us about Ticket to
0: Ride. Okay. Well, in my previous book, which I think we talked about in 2020, Lost Time, Jason was rehearsing to go on tour with his mom's band, Ficus Green. And I had so many notes left over, literally and musically, and so much good research that I hadn't used that I decided to actually send the band out on tour. And um, have Jason solve another mystery while he's on the road. So hang on, I just have to have a drink of lemon juice here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So right off the top, we have a psychic warning Jason and Mandy, his mother, that they're in danger from something dropping, in quotation marks. (laughs) And then the band band is plagued by a series of mishaps, which all actually involve something dropping. (laughs) Um, including a plummeting gargoyle (laughs) so it all seems rather coincidental and not very threatening but then jason goes punting on the river in cambridge with his girlfriend katie and while he's doing that someone attacks him and he nearly drowns oh geez and then there's a fire alarm in the hotel that results in a theft of something very personal from mandy's room and so it becomes really clear that they're being targeted by someone with a serious grudge And when the figs play a gig at a private estate in Tunbridge Wells, that someone finally makes themselves and their deadly intentions known. So Jason has to rely on his instincts and a mysterious Instagram follower who calls herself his guardian angel, and the ghost of a Battle of Britain airman who may or may not share his DNA in order to survive.
1: Cool. (laughs) It is a very cool story. Yeah. That is so cool. All right. So Jason, let's talk about Jason. Okay. He plays many instruments Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was on, and I learned this because again, brilliant marketing idea, Winona, I was (laughs) on the Figus green website (laughs) and, uh, Now, am I pronouncing this right? I'm going to be the only, I'm going to be the podcaster known who pronounces things not properly. Okay. Is it a bazooki?
0: I think so. Yeah. Okay.
1: Can you, what is a bazooki?
0: um, first of all, I have to say, Brian and I came up with the idea for a tour website when I was writing the book. Brilliant. and We thought it would be a great way to include a lot of info that isn't in the novel um, and stuff I cut out. Um, and it's part and we included part of Jason's Instagram feed, for instance, like part of his tour diary. So it really makes you feel that figus Green is a real band and they're really on the road. Yeah. Now, the bouzouki is a stringed instrument from Greece. It's a bit like a mandolin, but it has a really long neck and kind of an oval body. And you probably know what it is, even if you don't think you do. So if you know the original dance music from the soundtrack of the movie Zorba the Greek, you've heard a bouzouki.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. And I'm just thinking my friend and fellow critique partner and author Carol Ann Papoutsis, who's been married to a Greek man a very long ah. time, is probably screaming, Huh. Joanna <laughs> right? okay yeah. okay so and I have to admit and I hope you and Brian don't mind but I've decided I'm going to start an Instagram account for Jade and Sage it's okay very cool yeah, it's yeah really I, easy super well, easy well I can't I don't have the the dedication to do a website and that's uh-huh. that's not me like that is a yeah. brilliant idea okay <laughs> kudos both of you, you. but I do Okay, I I'm, I'm, don't want to make this about me, but I just wanted to explain. Okay, I have art and images. You know, when you are researching a book, you're collecting everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. Art, images, photos. I mean, drinks, your heroine's going to be drinking. Yeah. And I have all these images, and I thought, well, why not <laughs> use them, you know, like... Yeah. And we will talk about marketing later. So I'm thinking about making like a Jade and Sage Instagram account just so I can use these images, you know, you have
0: to, you have to sort of be careful. I'm not sure what the rule is about um, using images off the internet. We were really careful with ours because um, we were putting it onto a website that was claiming to be a real website. So, so we used, um, uh, with royalty-free pictures. We have yeah. access to thousands and thousands of pictures on a, on a special website. So we use those, but I mean, people use, um, pictures that they've grabbed off the internet all the time in yeah. Instagram. So I don't think it would be a problem, but if you're going to try and use it more officially for marketing, just sort of keep an eye on that, make sure that you don't violate anyone's copyright.
1: Right. Right. And my go-to so you said it was royalty-free images? Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. They, they were specifically put on, uh, made available to people uh, to use for whatever thing they want to use it for. So. Okay, because the one I go to is Unsplash, which is yeah. kind of the same. Um, I've set up an account yeah. and I try to give a shout out. You know, and that's where I get some ideas for book covers. It's called yeah. Unsplash. Yeah. Okay. So I
0: can't back, I can't remember yeah. the name of the, the site we're using. Um, but we paid a, it was on sale for something ridiculously cheap to join. So we did. Mm. And good. it's it's uh really good. Yeah. Okay. So back
1: to your book. Back to your book. Okay. <laughs> um now hockey players, they have superstitions. Especially Especially around the playoffs, I've, I've heard of things where, you know, like, um, when a hockey player will do some sort of little dance with his hockey stick, you know, or they, they, you know, they, they will eat certain meals, you know, during the playoffs, because they won a game. And I like that the figus Green Band, they see a fortune teller. And they're warned of impending danger and then like you said a number of mishaps happened so i was wondering in your research cuz and we will talk about your research have you discovered bands that have their own superstitions I didn't actually because I wasn't actually looking for that
0: okay. um, the idea of the fortune teller predicting something dropping actually happened to me many years ago when really? I si- yeah my sister was working at sea she was uh with princess cruises She was a captain's secretary and that was back when I was still doing my Sean Bean website yeah. and I picked I picked up a follower who told me she was psychic And that she would never make any money from it, she just did it because she liked doing it. And she proceeded to tell me all about my sister. And then she told me something really frightening. She foresaw something happening to my sister, but she couldn't be specific. All she could see in quotation marks was that there would be too much of something. And she also added that whatever it was, wasn't going to kill her, but it would be something very, very serious. And so, yeah, I know. I relayed this to my sister who was like cruising around, I don't know, the Mexican ports and she was just off Los Angeles and she got kind of freaked out by it. Yeah. And she started taking care wherever she went, like upstairs and downstairs and, and getting into the tender to go ashore. Yeah.
1: I would, I would be flabbergasted, like just, yeah after having seen the fortune teller, just, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And I
0: try, I tried to look her up recently and I can't find her anymore. So I don't know where she's disappeared to. And I lost touch with her after that. Like I just, she, she arrived, she told me this stuff
1: and then she vanished. <laughs> There's another book.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: right. Oh yeah. dear. Okay. Uh, now the thickest green website is, um, if you now you you've mentioned that you it was uh, you know like a brainstorming you and Brian yeah, yeah. Um, like and I like I said I kind of jumped ahead I don't think I could put a website together um, but it's a great idea so did you know with you and Brian what you wanted to include on the website or is it did you go through images like I said images writers collect. Mm-hmm. I knew exactly what I wanted to put on it. Um, I've done a
0: fake website before. Okay. (laughs) When I wrote Coldplay about the cruise to Alaska, I set up a virtual cruise website online where you can have a tour of the ship and do daily crafts and read menus and daily itineraries and look at a deck plan. Um, And it was a lot of fun to do. And I used photos from my own collection and from my sisters. And I used real deck plans and menus and itineraries that I'd photoshopped. And I even created a realistic looking name badge for Jason in Photoshop. So it's still online. If you go to my Coldplay page on my website, and it still gets a lot of visitors every month, probably because people landing there have done a Google search and they think they're getting info on a real cruise ship. (laughs) Um, But that website was so much fun. I suggested to Brian that we create a tour website for the figs in the same vein. And it's not nearly as extensive as my cruise ship site, but it does give you the flavor and feel of a real tour website, which I've looked at. Um, And I really did set up an Instagram account for Jason. Okay. Okay and i posted all of the pictures and comments for his tour diary there
1: yeah. and then
0: brian used some kind of software that accessed that feed and put it on the figure screen website it's very clever excellent. but yes i i um i documented everything that i wanted put on the website and he loaded
1: it all up and that's what you can see when you go there wow that's excellent yeah. and i remember the name badge
0: yeah i remember it, it, that it looks so real doesn't it
1: it's just all photoshop yeah yeah no that's Oh God, this is going to sound weird. Writers, every writer is going to understand this, but it's sometimes those characters seem so damn real. Yeah, they do. <laughs> right? They do.
0: Yeah, and, especially you know, when you're writing in the first person. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. And we're not crazy. Well, sometimes maybe you are. Oh, well, maybe sometimes I am. Anyways, yeah. okay. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you are already plotting and researching the next Jason Davy novel. And I believe, is it the, you have a working title of bad boys or is that bad, it?
0: bad boy, singular oh,
1: um, bad it, boy. It's, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's um, it's based on, it's taken from a really early obscure Beatles song. Um, wow. And there's, there's a, a song called bad boy by Marty wild, who's a, a British pop singer from the 1950s, but it's not based on that one. It's based on the Beatles one.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Okay. and. You have a returning character, yeah. Arthur Brasky. Yeah. And when I read read information like that, I think that is very cool because that uh-huh. tells me that that author has a connection with her yeah. characters. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering what made you decide that Arthur Brasky was going to return. It's and, actually
0: actually brian's idea <laughs> way to go brian <laughs> yeah he loved he loved the character yeah. and uh arthur Abraski first appeared in notes on a missing g-string which is okay. my second book and yes. jason is absolutely terrified of him but his character was so much fun to write i always imagined the actor brian cox playing him if the yeah. book was ever made into a film or a tv episodes so in g-string Jason ended up having to do a fire walk in order to be able to just talk to Arthur Brasky. He made him do that. It was a charity fire walk and he put Jason through that. So in bad boy, he's still going to be terrified of Arthur Brasky
1: yeah.
0: and he's still going to have to work hard to get access to him. Um, I haven't figured out, I have a, an idea of the plot, but I I haven't worked it through yet, so I can't talk much about that. But I can tell you that the Brasky last name was actually inspired by the wife of one of my cousins who lives in England. Um, her maiden name is Brass, which I thought was a kind of a cool name. So I dropped an S and added key to the end of it, <laughs> because it seemed so right. And then I told her about that when I was in England recently, and she had no idea, but she thought it was very cool. That's- um, and Braski's not the only character I've actually brought back from previous books. Um, I do it all the time. Uh, Jason's guardian angel, Jilly, in uh, Ticket to Ride, first put in an appearance in Coldplay. Um, she communicated with him using private messaging on Twitter. And a ticket to ride, she uses Instagram, so she's updated. Okay. okay. <laughs> and it does feel really good to bring back old characters. Um, and Sally, the captain secretary from Coldplay, yeah. um, turned up in notes on a missing G string to reveal okay. something quite shocking to Jason. You'll have to read it to find out yeah. about it. Uh, but I like to recycle characters. I love showing how they've changed since the last time I wrote about them.
1: Yeah. So the- or or yeah, how they change, yeah, or how they can then what triggers them to become vulnerable and you see another side, right? Exactly. Well, like you said, we're both yeah saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Now your research, you have received accolades about your research. I remember the first podcast you were talking to me about. It's it, I don't I don't think I have the word right. It wasn't the diaries of the. Of the bands but you were reading it was almost like their log you know of yeah uh, right Mm. now you've just returned from the UK yeah where you've been researching bad boy and I wanted to know did you go to the UK with specific locations you wanted to check out or when I've been following your Facebook and I know Brian and you have gone on huge walking trips okay
0: <laughs> so it was one, one one walking trip
1: on one day but it was a huge one <laughs> okay so did you go there with specific locations or when you were there did you and brian find see locations and you think oh i will also want to include that or all of the above
0: Um, Well, I actually went over there with my sister for about two weeks, um, and our primary mission was to scatter my mother's ashes in a couple of places, but we also planned to visit a lot of relatives, and one of those sets of relatives lives in a beautiful little village in Derbyshire, where I'd never been, and there were only four places I planned to visit while I was over there. One was the London Transport Museum in Covent Garden, which is one of my most favorite museums, and the other was to do a four and a half hour walking tour. Of London's lost music venues. It was a guided tour. That's really cool places. (laughs) Yeah, and and it took place in Soho, which is where Jason works when he's not solving mysteries um, at the fictitious Blue Devil Club. So I felt I really ought to acquaint myself firsthand with his neighborhood. Um, And the third place was the Shard, because I knew that's where I was going to start bad boy. And the fourth was to do a walking tour of the city along the South Bank from Westminster to Tower Bridge, and that's what we did. So all of those locations, and in particular, the tour guided Soho are going to be featured in Bad Boy, mm-hmm. along with my cousin's house in Derbyshire yeah. and possibly Chatsworth, yeah. which is in the same general area. It's a it's a huge um British uh, manor, uh almost like a castle. You've seen it on TV where they feature all those National Trust properties and tour um, you know, the British estates and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: often, when I go somewhere new, I see it through Jason's eyes, and my experience becomes his. So, all of the places I went on this trip will be written about in Bad Boy. I just turn things into my my experiences get turned
1: into fiction. Yeah, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. I and I know I'm planning. We have moved into our house. And I think they're starting to get settled, you know, yeah. and yeah. I want to take a trip to Victoria. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you said, I want to walk around downtown. Like I lived there for 20 years and I want to, to walk around downtown because I don't ever want to lose that flavor of that yeah. city because each city is different, right? Yes, exactly. You know, and then I've been talking with my oldest daughter. About going to Vancouver and I've said to her, I've, I've, I go like, you know, I going, my going to Vancouver as a tourist. Okay. It's going to be a different experience from my oldest daughter who lives there, you know, right. And I'm saying to her, okay, I'm be prepared mom, (laughs) because I'm going to, I have a working on another book where it's going to happen in Vancouver. And I'm like, be prepared. Mom's going to ask, be asking you 101 questions. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, right. So yeah. it's, and you know, it's different little things where when she and her fiance came over to visit, yeah. um, you know, I'm saying to her, okay, we have this, this heating system and it kicks on and, and I'm telling her. And I said, so it may make a little noise. And she's looking at me and she goes, mom, I live in Vancouver, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's the least, Yeah, uh, you know, right. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, okay. So with all those, with all that scenery, that beautiful scenery you've just, you've mentioned, thinking of even ticket to ride or Coldplay or notes on a missing G string, G string, is there a scene or scenes that make you sit back and go, "I wrote that." And I'm this isn't being Canadian. We are always concerned about coming across as if we're bragging. Um, but mm-hmm. I know with being an author, I am the first to be my hardest critic, okay? Yeah. So I think there's times we need to go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Okay. Yeah. Because I've looked at work like pages and gone, that's crap. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. gone. Right. So, have you like, I had a moment just two days ago and I thought, he, I wrote that. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. your book, scenes that you've sat back and gone and have thought, Damn, I wrote that.
0: (laughs) Well, I didn't realize that Ticket to Ride was such a good story until after I'd finished it and sent it off to Brian, who acted as my first reader. Um, I kind of lost my objectivity, which sometimes happens when you're too close to the story and you can't take a step back and view it with a sort of detached eye. So. Nevertheless, the one scene I'm quite proud of in this book is when Jason is punting on the river in Cambridge. Um, I'm a bit of a fraud. I've only been to Cambridge briefly, and that was back in 1973. (laughs) I've never explored the city, and I never went punting on the river myself, but I made really clever use of Google Street View and some training, training videos and a wonderful YouTube video where a passenger in a punt filmed the entire route with his phone and then posted it. So I translated that entire journey into fiction, with Jason narrating and telling us about it. And hopefully when you're reading it, you too will be absolutely convinced that Jason is what he claims. Someone who made a living at punting for a short period of time before he landed his gig at the blue devil club. (laughs) So yeah, I I do that a lot, Um, but I am really proud of a lot of the scenes that I've written. Uh, where I haven't actually been to where I'm writing about, but I'm really good at research, and I can convince you that I have. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, and actually, okay, I'm going to sound like a dinosaur, but I didn't even know there was something like Google Street View. Oh, okay. yeah,
0: it's fabulous.
1: Like I've heard of Google Earth, you know, yeah. and I've, I've done that, but okay, that's 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 it's, very.
0: It's a little orange man if you go on. To- <laughs> Google maps and you look yeah. down in the bottom right-hand corner There's a little orange man. And if you click on that, it highlights all the roads of wherever you're looking in blue. And if you drag that little man onto a blue line, you automatically get a picture of what it looks like for real. It's not in real time, but yeah. it's, it's a series of pictures that Google sent around uh, with a camera on a car taking like 360 degree pictures, and they've mapped all the roads
1: everywhere. Cool. <laughs>
0: okay. You try it, try it for where you live and see if there's something
1: there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm wondering how much current events play in your book. Because, yeah. like right now, where we're at, yeah. <laughs> my sisters, I swear, are laughing because when we first moved here, I thought it was, oh, so sweet. You know, the deer use our lot (laughs) to commute from the big field, right? (laughs) And then now I've planted tulips, and they've decided tulips is like candy to them. (laughs) 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 So I'm out there every night putting a bucket over my tulips. (laughs) Uh (laughs) to Stop the deer, right? Good thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with what I'm the book three I'm working on now, I have deer popping up in the book. And I thought, okay, this is going to be it works. It's not like I'm just throwing a deer in here or there. Okay, that's yeah. that's not yeah. what I'm doing, but it, it yeah. works for me. And I've always wanted to have something as a form of symbolism in yeah. a story. Yeah. So for you, current events. What what have you had current events? play in the writing of your novel? Um, All the
0: time. I don't even think about it anymore. I just, you know, if something happens to me, or I'm watching something happening, and it seems really, uh, really interesting. And if there's a place to put it in the book that I'm currently writing, then I will if yeah. it's relevant to the plot if it's relevant to the story i do that a lot um i actually thought you were going to ask me about like current events like in the news um oh, well, that too that too but i i do put real historical events into my books too yeah. like for instance in lost time the novel before this one uh that story was really influenced by the real life disappearance of madeline McCann, who was oh, a toddler who right. went missing in portugal in 2007 um but the young woman who disappears in lost time is a teenager. So there's a fundamental difference there. And, and the story is completely different, but it was it was inspired by that. And the other example might be my one of my time travel stories um, in Loving Memory, which was written about the real-life bombing of Balam Underground Station during the Blitz in World War II. That was absolutely written about an absolute real event, okay. even though I made it into a time travel story. Yeah. Yeah, but my characters are there in the underground station at the moment the bomb drops. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you wonder whether they'll get away or
1: not. Well, I know it's weird because, okay, so I started writing book three last year, and I had made a reference to Putin, you know, yeah. Russia's leader. And it was yeah. weird because now as I'm doing rewrites, I see that name and I'm just like, <gasps> <laughs> you know? "Yeah." so uh, yeah. it's staying in though. The name's staying in. Absolutely. And, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So book 10. And I, I think that I, like I say, I hope you celebrate it. So, Celebr- you know, whether you get cake, whether you get wine, you celebrate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. With marketing. I have, I, I just, I'm curious. I was on a webinar by the Women's Publishing Summit, yeah. and they were talking about marketing needs to be fun. And they had said, if you feel like you have to do something, they go, don't do it. Okay. This is this is part of their approach. Yeah. So um, what I'm finding is, just going a bit back to the Instagram thing, my main Instagram account, which was... Originally, all art has now, I've turned it into the podcast art promotion Instagram account, right? And it has, it's the one that has the most followers. Right. And then I was telling my sister, I go, I'm missing seeing my art, you know? And so then that's why the two ideas collided. And I thought, okay, what about Jade and Sage Instagram account? That way I can include just... My art, even if that account is just for me, okay. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. kind of took on a long route here with marketing. Have you found it with Book Ten that it's getting easier, let's say, or just the same as when you were doing marketing for Coldplay?
0: Um, it's got easier, but it's got more complex. Okay. Um, if
1: if you, it's easier for me
0: to do it now because yeah. I've I've been. Um, I've been exploring a whole bunch of different options for marketing. Yeah. Um, and I I did one of those seminars too. Yeah. Um, and I I have my, my previous method of marketing before Lost Time and before Ticket to Ride has been sort
1: of like a shotgun approach, yeah. sort of
0: like shoot everything out there and see yeah. what
1: sticks. I and use this, the reference, throw mud on a brick wall and hope exactly, it
0: sticks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But this time around, um, I've been way more focused yeah. and way more concentrated. And so I've I've I'm only doing three social media platforms. I'm only doing Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I have a writer Facebook page. Yeah. So I don't drive my friends crazy on my personal page.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm gonna do a book trailer. I did one for Lost Time. So we're gonna yeah. do one for Ticket to Ride and stick it up on YouTube. Cool. Um, and I'm one thing, and I've targeted um about half a dozen uh bloggers who have featured me in the past. So I've gone back to them and I said, Can you uh would you mind helping me out here
1: yeah. um
0: with ticket to ride? And they've all come back and said yes.
1: Awesome. Um
0: and I've contacted my community paper, the New West Record. So yeah. you might have seen that article Yeah. in yesterday which I was really really pleased by because I don't think I would have got that amount of coverage if I lived in Vancouver because you're at a definite disadvantage if you live in a big city yeah but if you live in a little city like New Westminster they're so supportive of the arts it's wonderful um and the one thing that worked for me with last time was a blog tour which is like a book tour but it's virtual and there's a companies that specialize in doing it and you pay them a little bit of money, and it's very good value for money. And they send out questions, they send it up. Um, and they have a, a stable of bloggers who will do this for you. And, oh, wow. and you just, you, um, you fill out, I filled out about half a dozen, uh, questionnaires, really detailed questionnaires covering absolutely everything in my book. And then you book the blog tour and you just appear on different websites on a certain day. And I found that really, really helped with the marketing of lost time. And I'm doing it again for ticket to ride because what you're doing is you're growing your audience. Yeah. You don't really want to keep hitting the same people over and over and over again, without trying to reach beyond that, you know, otherwise you'll never sell more, more books. You'll never develop a readership. Um, so I've been very, very organized this time around. And it's just a shame that while I was sorting through all the PR that I did last week yeah. and uh, the week before, it was, I was in England. So I couldn't really do much. And then I came back with this horrible cold that totally flattened me. Aww. So so I was like loaded up on meds and I have no idea what I wrote actually. Oh no. So so medicated that uh, i I'm, it's gonna be a surprise to me what I wrote when I finally see these things happening.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. okay. I've got one more marketing marketing question for you. Sure. Because I think in about like when i was having this discussion with my sister yesterday i told her i enjoy instagram more than i do facebook okay yeah yeah and um so i was asking her what she has cuz she has lanyosh handmade okay right, right. and um so we had talked about facebook groups and facebook pages yeah so i had like i no longer have a facebook group For the podcast, because I was getting really tired of the insane email messages I was receiving. (laughs) Okay, yeah, right. And it was just like, seriously, people. Like, do you read what this is about? Okay, Uh, and um, it was. I was frustrating me. It was frustrating for me. Mm -hmm. So, do you? And I know I see author pages out there, and I see some authors are promoting themselves. Mm-hmm. just without an author page. Mm-hmm. So do you recommend a Facebook group or a Facebook page?
0: I recommend a Facebook page, just okay. just exclusively for your writing, not... Yeah not like a personal page. I mean, I have a personal page yeah. and most of the people who are on it are my writing colleagues and my relatives. Yeah. Um. So I I'm very judicious about what I post there about my writing. I don't want to spam them all the time. Yeah. And I don't want to be coming across as buy my book, buy my book. I'm so yeah. excited. Buy my book. Yeah. So if you have a, a separate page, which is just for your writing, you can spam it with your stuff all you want. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and- and you're not going to drive anybody crazy. Okay. Um and it's also a, a very good landing spot um for people who are looking for more information about you and you could put all of your stuff there and you could direct them to your website, you could direct them to anything else. And I I it was in one of the seminars I attended that was one of the recommended things that they do is that you do just a fi- a, a writer for Facebook page. Okay. And yeah. They, they recommend you do at least at least Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: there's three three different there's three different kettle kettle of fish right they all do different things different ways like twitter you can just keep posting stuff all day long and whether and if people see it they see it and otherwise it just scrolls by right and instagram it's it's post it once it's there yeah and then maybe you know three weeks later you can post something similar again it's there yeah um and with facebook Same deal. Um, And just you just have to remember to keep tagging people. So if you want, like, for instance, the Crime Writers of Canada to see your post that you've put on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, then you tag them. If you want specific people to see it or Sisters in Crime to see it, then you tag them. And it's been a long learning curve for me. Me, but I'm finally remembering to do that kind of stuff and right. to do hashtags
1: and to do right, hashtags. right, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For those of us who grew up in the hashtag was actually the pound sign, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. So Winona, what's coming up? What's coming mm. up in your future? Are you attending conferences, CWC mm. events? Mm. Are you having a real book launch? I'm not because uh,
0: I never have had one, to be honest, in all okay. my 10 books. I did a virtual one with Coldplay,
1: yeah.
0: uh, which, which was way back in 2012 when Facebook was like an entirely different animal. Yeah. And that was extremely well attended. Yeah. Um, and I think I did one for persistence of memory as well. But um, I've never done a, an in-person book launch because I'd be too terrified that no one would show up. Oh. <laughs> Maybe yes. I know enough people now yeah. that I might. I don't yeah. know. Uh, but I'm going to be on the call. Cozy panel at the upcoming maple leaf mystery conference good uh, which is online in may yeah and i'm i've mentioned the blog tour that i'm doing for the next two months yeah um and if the surrey writers festival happens in person this year i'll be representing the cwc at a table at their trade show oh, um oh, cool. and i have a short story coming up in the sisters in crime canada west new anthology Thanks. women of a certain age yeah. uh, which will be out in october and I was actually inspired to write that story. It's called Terminal Lucidity. When I was sitting with my mother at the North Van Hospice as she was dying last year. Oh, and wow. it, I, I looked at when I'd written the outline and it was like two days before she died. And I was there 24 oh, seven. We were wow. just there. Uh, and it's quite, quite a funny story in places. I always look for humor and everything, yeah. including sometimes what can be the most dramatic. Yeah. So that's
1: what's coming up for me Good. now. <laughs> that I know about good yeah, good 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 all right your voice is sounding fantastic by the way oh thank <laughs> you
0: lots of hot lemon juice
1: <laughs> so final fun question you are attending a figus Green concert and Kezia, Kizia Kizia walks up to you what does Kezia say to you uh, pretty much what she says in the book <laughs> we are all
0: wanderers on this earth our hearts are full of wonder and our souls are deep with dreams i have the gift as do you you share my blood <laughs> because it's probably true um my ancestry research and conversations with distant cousins seem to indicate that i do have Romani traveler blood in me on oh, uh, my really? mother my mother's father's side yeah well, um, that's- you love, you love family treat. That's when I was, I, do. I was, yeah, I do. I did the DNA test and I've discovered I have this is a whole other story, but I have a really <laughs> mysterious great grandfather uh, who I really can't trace. I it's a brick wall. I've, he appears um, in school records and he appears in the uh, 1891 census and not in the 1901 And then again in the 1911. So I can track him after he got married and had kids and everything, but I I can't find his birth record. Um, But um, some of the cousins that I've been in touch with Um, have mentioned to me that they were always taught by word of mouth that they that we were descended at least partially from Romani travelers. And that absolutely intrigues me. It doesn't show up in the DNA profile. Like there isn't any way to like positively identify Romani travelers or Irish travelers or whatever. But it does seem to be true for me when I look at the last names of the family members that I suspect of being from that tradition and background. And I've given Jason that same ancestry uh, um, interest. I call it something else. I think I call it generations or something, but um, uh, yeah, he shares that, that thing with me. And he discovers all kinds of interesting things about his family uh, in, in Ticket to Ride.
1: Cool. Cool. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Okay, I'm going to be a little pushy here. Your voice is sounding fantastic. I've got one surprise question for you. Oh, okay. It's yeah. really easy. I've been listening to podcasts and how to make, um, you know, podcasts, you know, vibrant. And, you know, I'm always trying to learn whatever I'm doing, okay? Yeah. Whether it's yeah. writing, whether it's podcasts, whether it's gardening. Um, yeah. So my question, easy question, before I let you go, what good movies would you recommend? Is there any particular a movie or movies you would recommend to our listeners?
0: Oh, wow. My favorite movies are all really old. Um, Hope and Glory, uh, which um, takes place in world war two. Okay. And it's, it's about one, one family's uh, experiences. It's quite funny. Um, What's another one of my favorite films, the railway children the original, oh. um, uh, a film I saw on the plane coming home, yeah. uh, house of Gucci with Lady oh, Gaga. Yes. Really? I thought it was really good. It was an excellent film. Yeah. Really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, what else off the top of my head? Uh, oh, there's so many. Yeah. Uh, those are the ones that just come to mind. I'm sure there's others. I'll kick myself after we've stopped talking,
1: but off the top of my head, those ones okay okay and here here's a very intellectual question for you yeah. do you think the rom-com should come back
0: uh i've never been a fan
1: okay <laughs> really I,
0: I am such a picky reader and a picky viewer i like i like intelligent films i like films that make me feel good i don't like being virtually poked in the eye with a pointed stick. <laughs> <laughs> to read to watch escapism. I just like to feel good. And, yeah. I, and I really enjoy uh intelligent films. Yeah. I mean, intelligently yeah. written, intelligently acted. Yeah. Um, yeah, rom-coms, I'm not a huge fan of really.
1: Well, I find them okay. Like the, the people always look okay, here, okay. Here we go. The people always looked perfect. Okay. Yeah. And never a hair out of place. Mm. and we all know what the ending is going to be exactly right and for me I'd rather watch a movie that has a good story to it Mm -hmm. okay yeah and uh I'm finding it's British humor
0: yeah I dig it you know
1: and I with what who was it it was Oh, God, I can't remember her name. And people are going to scream. She was on. Oh, my God, I've totally I shouldn't have gone down this road. Um, blonde, very famous singer, Ardell, not Ardell. Adele. Adele. Thank you. And I saw her on the Graham Norton show. Okay. Yay. And she was saying how she misses British humor. And I thought I know exactly. I get it. I get it. I won't say I know exactly what she means, but it's that dry humor oh, that kind yeah, of. Totally. I don't want to say it sneaks up on you, but yeah, when someone can deliver a line, yeah, totally deadpan, yeah. and it gets you laughing. I mean. Yeah that's talent right you know you know what my one of my favorite british shows is is ab Fab,
0: absolutely fabulous um and it's a really cruel show when i first saw it i thought these people are so mean to each other and yeah. they're so horrible to each other but then it grew on me and i really really started to enjoy it yeah. so uh that's one of my
1: favorites yeah. favorite british comedies and <sighs> sorry no, that's okay. I, I should let you go soon. I just, and for me, I've just scribbled, scribbled. I've scribbled down, Winona. Okay. I've scribbled down. i watched a whole series um, and I can't remember the name of it, but it had Ricky Gervais in it.
0: And oh, it was his, my sister's favorite actor.
1: Okay. And his wife. Had, Afterlife.
0: Yes. That's my sister's favorite show. I binge watched that with my spouse. Yeah, so did she with my mother.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it wasn't like it had its moments, very tender moments, but um, I remember the scene when the accountant sits in Ricky's living room after she's gone on the blind date with that awful teacher (laughs) and they're getting out the wine. And I, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Okay. Winona, where can people find you on the socials? And we'll include the thickest green website. Oh yeah. I was going to mention, please
0: do drop by the Figus Green website because we put a lot of work into it and we tried to make it kind of fun. Um, I'm also on Twitter more, more so now than I used to be and Instagram and Facebook. Um, um, I haven't really been super active on the social media platforms for a while, but I'm changing that now.
1: Um,
0: And I also have a personal website, winonacent.com, where you can actually read the first two chapters ticket to Ride and lost time awesome. if you want to do that and there's more about me there. Good. Um and that's pretty much it for me. Okay. okay. Well that thank you so much. Thank unless you you're so into much. unless you're into Sean Bean and you want to see the complete Sean Bean I can <laughs> pop over there.
1: <laughs> well thank you so much. I hope you're starting to feel better. Thank you. And uh yeah you take care of yourself. Hey I will. Thank okay. You. And people please subscribe. Um, all these podcasts this latest podcast all of them were on jcvartstudio.net and that's where you will find episode two when I interviewed Winona yeah so okay see you Winona see you bye bye